Respect. It's more than a word. It's an underlying principle of success and humanity. In the U.S. Army, respect is one of our foundation values. It's the reason we can overcome every obstacle and defeat every foe. So if you're interested in joining a team where respect is earned every day, consider joining our team. And now in addition to earning respect, you may qualify to earn up to $40,000 in bonuses. To find out more, go to GoArmy.com forward slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Who are you? I'm your brother. But I am now one dummy. They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. Because all you of Earth are idiots. Everything is that you order. I promise you. Damn, look like my women is on time. Save, I could show warm you up. No shit, baby. No! Yes, you'll be like the human. Hey, we've spoken while I'm eating. You don't have to die. Well, no one has to die, birdie. You can live. Live. Oh man, oh god, oh man, oh hello, welcome to another week of uh, Cinema Fun with Cinema de Fromage, the cheesy cinema show that we try to put on every week for you, what we call a show. So, this week we have a a, a good one here. Um, there seems to be a theme, in the last couple of weeks we've been showing movies that actually made money as opposed to being, you know, complete flops, and, and in some cases have become very popular. And somebody's asked me, you know, how can you say these are cheesy films? You just have to watch them to know. Anyways, on with the show. Let's first do our introductions here. Uh, we've got uh, in the room tonight, we have our regular uh, hosts, co-hosts. We've got Jen. Hello, Jen. We'll wait for the particulates to clear. You might be on mute, Jen. Uh, am I on mute? No, no, you're on mute. I'm, you're I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh. Technical difficulties. We can hear you now. So sorry. Yep, I'm here. Uh, the volcano <laughs> didn't get me. Um, okay. I'm back. All right. We were talking about, uh, before the show, uh, volcano particulates in the air, making for wonderful uh, sunsets, but bad for your asthma. <laughs> Has nothing to do with anything we're talking about now, but we were worried. Uh, and, of course, we've got Kente over here. Hello, Kente. Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm so glad to be here with you. Uh, yet again, you're one of your favorite movies, isn't it? It is. It is. Anybody who knows me knows that is true. But I didn't even select it. it you would have thought I did. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I think this one uh, is a favorite of a lot of people's. You know, there's uh, just something about this film that uh, stands out. But of course, uh, might as well stop the mystery here. If 
people haven't read already. Uh, this week's film is The Warriors from 1979. And uh, Kente, it's your turn to, or uh, do you want to do the preview first, or do you want to uh, do you want to do the uh, breakdown of the plot? Um, you know what? Let's let's do this. Uh, let's do the preview, and then we'll get into the breakdown of the plot. Uh, and I want to know. Normally, we have four people on the show. Uh, Brooklyn Taylor is supposed to be uh, our fourth. Uh, so if he doesn't show up, he will give us his score later, so that we can keep. Uh, so uh, we can keep it in uh, line with, uh, you know, what, the scoring we've done on other shows. So here we go. This is uh, the trailer. are the armies of the night. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The Furies. The Boppers. The Hi-Hats. The Lizzies. The Turnbull ACs. The Gramercy Riffs. Riffs! And these are the Warriors. We know about the Warriors. They're a heavy outfit. They're from Coney Island. Warriors? You guys are the big dudes, huh? Now, they're in the Bronx. We're going back. 27 miles behind enemy lines. It's the only choice we got. Between them and safety, stand 20,000 cops. <laughs> and 100,000 sworn enemies. I want them all. I want all the Warriors. They've got one way out. They've got one chance. They've got one night. The Warriors. All right. That was 19, uh, excuse me, 1979's The Warriors. Uh, the breakdown is in the near future, a charismatic leader summons the street gangs of New York's in a bid to take over. When he is killed, spoiler alert, the warriors are falsely blamed and now must fight their way all the way back to Coney Island. That's what's up. Yeah, that's the only time you'll ever hear that in a sentence where people are fighting their way to get to Coney Island. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the plot in this film is really straightforward, and yet it carries it along quite well. Um, but you know, I, I'd say the one thing I, I, I think about this film is it's a group of idiots trying to escape from larger groups of idiots, because <laughs> I have never seen people so dumb in my life. When you're talking tactics, you're a gang. You don't stand back and watch the other guys get beaten up before you take your turn to get in there. <laughs> uh, which seems to happen a lot in this film. Uh, most specifically, the Baseball Furies, my favorite gang in this this whole thing. But uh, anytime you got to fight guys, if there's only two of them and eight of you, pile in. <laughs> this is not about being good to each other. The Bruce Lee tactic. Uh, yes. <laughs> They're polite villains. They are. They are. 
And luckily, they never spoke at all through that. You don't hear those guys talk. That's what makes them so tough. Who would have ever thought that the toughest guys in all of New York come from Coney Island? Because I swear, no one else could beat them in a fight. <laughs> That's true. Well, hey, the Riffs didn't have to fight them. They, they, threw, they, you know, they can kill you with their elbows. You saw that, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are deadly. Um, for those who have seen the film and may not remember, um, what the leader of the Warriors, who is dispatched early in the film, uh, is basically surrounded by you know the Riffs, who obviously do know gang tactics, and they all all you can see is a whole gang of them sitting there banging their elbows down. So he's obviously been elbowed to death by this entire gang, which is, I guess, a scary, horrible way to go. Um, Completely. But uh, anyways, these are the small parts we'll get into more detail later. Let's uh, the overall picture, the the plot, as it were. Um, What uh, I I think many people know, but some don't, that this was based first on a book. Mm -hmm. And the book itself was based on a Greek story, uh, ancient Greek story about... uh, a renegade, not um, sorry, a mercenary army that had to fight its way through this battlefield to get to the ocean so they could get home. And so they were hired by this one king, Cyrus, who ends up getting himself killed in the battle. And they have no one around them, and they were every, like enemies in all sides, and they had to fight their way all the way through. And so uh, the book and is based on that. Um, the book is does not have things like the baseball furies or a few other things. In fact, it doesn't even have the warriors themselves as a gang. Um, it's actually the warriors refers to all of the gangs that are out there. And so there's a few different gang names out there, different characters altogether, and it's a lot grimmer and more violent and and horrible, with a very sad and poignant ending, which of course we don't have in this film. What we have is a cartoon New York City that is as in New York City and all of the uh, 70s and early 80s is a city in decay and ruin and in that city are some fabulous gangs with their interesting looks and uh and, and when you say fabulous you mean sense. you mean fabulous, I mean, fabulous. <laughs> I mean you've got the baseball furies which is my favorite gang which basically they're all wearing new york yankees uniforms from circa 1970 and kiss makeup <laughs> and they silently maraud through the city with baseball bats, I, I guess, beating up everyone who laughs at them. Um, you've got the high hats, which um, they're not named specifically, but I think they were named in the script. They are those mimes that you see, those <laughs> dangerous, scary mimes. Um, you see the back of the jackets of the electric eliminators, so you know they're tough, wearing their yellow satin jackets. Um, of course, you've got your main gang, the Warriors. Their uh, arch rivals, the rogues, led by, uh, what is his name again? Ah, please. Luther. Mm-hmm. Yes. Famous for his uh, his cat call to get them out to fight. Which, um, do, you, do you have that on file? Uh, sure. You want to go to it already? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Because uh, this, this is a famous bit of, uh, like, even if you haven't seen the movie, you've heard this somewhere. Because I think... Everywhere it just comes up every so often. All right, here we go. So you have. Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out to play. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd want to go and beat him up after that, too. But, yeah, it was um, the actor playing Luther who came up with the idea of clinking the three bo- beer bottles together while doing that. Apparently, it was originally in the script that he would be banging two dead pigeons or doves together. <laughs> I can't see why that wouldn't have worked, but, hey, might as well uh, go with uh, this other one. David Patrick so- Kelly is his name, <laughs> Yes, and he, some people will recognize him from. He did other roles. Twin Peaks. He was in Commando. Yep, Twin Peaks. Uh, and yeah, he's playing in Twin Peaks. I uh, cannot remember the name of the character he's playing, but does that definitely does not look the way he did back then. Ben or Jerry, uh, the brother that owned a, a hotel in uh, Twin Peaks. There you go. I forgot which one if it was Ben or Jerry. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, a lot of the actors in this this film, um, they all disappeared. <laughs> some of them did a few things here and there, but a lot uh, there there were some that that did have careers beyond. But um, yeah, James Remar, yeah. James Remar, he's been in a lot of stuff since then. Yep, he's yep. De- remember he's Dexter's daddy. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, and, and um, yeah, he plays. Uh, he, that's Ajax, right? Yes. And uh, Lynn Thigpen, the great Lynn Thigpen, who played the DJ, mm-hmm. who oh, yeah. pa- passed away uh, fairly recently, last oh, several years. Sad. Yeah, and Mercedes Rule. So, but uh, your main character, <laughs> Swan, um, I think he only did one other film after this, if I remember correctly, and then he's in the Where Are They Now file. Which is odd, because I think he gives the best performance out of all of them, if we want to rate the performances, which we will do later. Um, but uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, he's, he, he was in quite a bit of stuff afterwards. He was in... Uh, he was in uh, Xanadu. Okay, okay. He was in... He was in... He was in a TV... He was in a TV movie called Mayflower, The Pilgrim's Adventure, 1979. Okay. He was in Megaforce, Triumphs of a Man Called Horse, Celebrity. He was in in Megaforce? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, there's a turkey I haven't thought of for years. (laughs) He was a... He's a... He was in a lot of crap. I mean, great stuff uh, <laughs> so, good on him at least he's got this to on his you know resume to say i did something that people will remember <laughs> we're not going to call it a great film but <laughs> um so let's do a, a quick rundown of okay uh i also forgot to mention all the other gangs here so let me just go through a few more you have the turnball acs um it's a gang of skinheads who are equal opportunity skinheads because they've got every race in that gang. So, you know, good on them. <laughs> they have a bus that only does about five miles an hour. Not so good, but that's all right. Uh, you've got the uh, the Gramercy Riffs. That's the gang that uh, the leader had... Uh, Cyrus had uh, owned. And they're basically a bunch of guys who are really into karate, I guess. They've seen a lot of Bruce Lee movies in the 70s, and they said, you know what? That's our gang. Mm-hmm. Our colors are those orange, you know, 
kimono kind of things. And we elbow people to death. So don't mess with us. You have the orphans, which did not get invited to the meeting. And they're led by that guy from Friends. <laughs> yeah. I thought that too, yeah. I look at it and go, oh, so there, there's his start. It wasn't, but... Um, what a, what a so Ross from thing. Friends uh, leads a gang called the Swimmer, Orphans. Swimmer, right? David Swimmer. And they also uh, help bring out the love interest in the story in a touching love story uh, where she basically, they're about to let the warriors go through their territory, you know, let bygones be bygones, and she comes in and starts mocking them for doing so and tells them to at least give up their gang colors and everything, basically precipitating a fight between the two gangs that wasn't going to happen. And then she goes and hangs out with the warriors, um, which, you know, as a person would do after provoking a fight, I guess you join the guys that you want to have the fight with. And she falls in love, and it's beautiful. It's so funny, it's always, though. That, uh, it's always good to be on the winner's side, though. You, know, you got a pick, you know. Yeah. yeah, especially a bunch of guys that called you a whore. Every yeah. called you a whore in every kind of way. What is <laughs> one? Who is that that said? Do you have a a, a mattress strapped to your back? Well, uh, that's one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's the one she ends up hanging out. with. I, I know, right? <laughs> I mean. He, yep. How many ways did she call uh, him? Well, this, is an early, him? this is an early example of negging, you see. <laughs> so basically, he's, you know, trash talks her the whole way, puts down her uh, self-esteem to the point where she's like, you know what? I think I love this guy. So, I, I don't know. I don't get this film <laughs> moral compass at all. Um, that, that's because you assume that there is a moral compass. Yeah, and, and there isn't. where you would be wrong. Yes. You're right. We're, we definitely do not have a moral compass in this film. And, yeah, there's no characters in this film that you could say were... Um, there's none that are smart. There are none that are bright. And you go, okay, well, these are, you know, downtrodden youth who are resorted to gang life to get by. So I guess that's why. But there are also... There's none of them with any kind of redeeming qualities. Like, I can't think of a single character there I said, oh, I'd like to hang out with that guy. Not Ajax? None. None. I mean, even the guy who's the lead, the swan, swan, is supposed to be this you know noble guy. He's going to get them out. He's the one who steps up and gets everybody out of the situation. Even he's a complete jerk most of the time. And he gets into fights for no reason. He's, he gets he can go, you know what? It just, it says, you can go through if you take off your colors. Oh, man, we're never taking off our colors. We're going to... We're gonna fight you, thirty guys. I, I, I just, just for posterity, I'd totally hang out in the radio booth. I, I, I okay. could totally see myself there. Yeah, she, she was okay. Yeah, she even apologized at the end for sending off everyone off to play. So, but so somebody's got a little bit of. But you know what? And that lipstick. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah she, her, her lips are very famous, but she. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? To be honest with you, I, I think. I think I can take a group of eight people and take on all of the orphans. They were pretty pussy. <laughs> like that was the pussiest gang ever. I, I can see why they well, said, yeah, you know what? Pathetic. They're all sitting there with their green t-shirts with, you know, magic marker on the back, the orphans. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow, you guys didn't even try. It's like, you know, here, come to the Halloween party, come up with a costume. And then he puts on a white shirt and writes on costume. About the same kind of effect, really. Yeah, David. Um, so yeah, that's true. And really, they didn't actually fight them. They just threw a Molotov cocktail at them and they ran away. 
So it wasn't the most epic. Fights. Well, they ran off in the. Yeah. It, you know, they run off. Like, what kind of tactic is that? <laughs> you know. There is a lot of running in this movie. Yeah. There is a lot of running in this movie. This how can you even fight after you run that far? <laughs> you know, how, like, how can you fight? Yeah. Like the, when the fight with the baseball furies where the guy's like, I can't go anywhere. Good. I want to fight these guys anyway. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, so it, it really shows, too, the difference of movies now and then because Ajax must have said the F word like, what, three three or four times in the in the movie, you know. Okay, so to, to put things in context, which F word are we referring to now? The one that's I know a, which one a homosexual, uh, a homosexual yes. slur. The slur against homosexuals. Because yes. he kept saying that. He kept saying it over and over. You yeah. know, it's funny though. But when you when people watched it, then you know it was nobody thought in the second. Now when people see it now, they cringe. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, yeah, back it, then that was him being tough and, uh, you know, calling well, into question their manhood. It's almost like back in the day, if you saw a pregnant woman smoking, you would have, you know, without the knowledge, right? You'd just be like, oh, whatever. Now you see, a, now you see an old thing of a pregnant woman smoking. You're like, oh my God, she's killing the kid. <laughs> <laughs> so are we just too sensitive nowadays or are we just thinking properly? Hmm. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, I don't think it's too sensitive. You know, it's a. Uh, it, you know, it's funny. Is like, if you're part of that group, yeah, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, and especially, especially in the way that it's used. You know, like, so, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah, it's basically I, I saying that, that they're they're not real men. Is the context he's using it? Yeah. Uh, it's disparaging both ways, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, but I guess but, who knows? It like. 20 years someone calling somebody a pussy might be seen the same thing as going that is very disparaging it's hurtful and, and that'll be seen in the same light but right. but 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 you know i think the way that you can put this all into context is sort of by instead of looking at the characters look at the city itself <laughs> what because the overarching kind of theme that happens around the city is it's dirty it's filthy it's gross it's it's a combat zone it's you know not safe and now when you see pictures of New York City, when you see movies of New York City, it's this glittering, beautiful place with, you know, amazing things happening. It, mm. There's something to be said for moving, uh, you know how you said, like, there's no morality, that the, well, that the moral compass is missing from the characters. But it, it sort of is on full display within the city itself, right? The city is oh, yeah. almost like a character by itself. Mm-hmm. And you're a New Yorker, too, right? I, yeah, well, I mean, I I lived upstate New York. Don't you can't mix New York City people with upstate New York. That was like a cardinal sin. But yes. yeah, I've spent they pull a knife on you. I spent tons of time in the city. I went to school not that far away from New York City. So, I the the thing that the thing that surprised me so much about rewatching this is is realizing just how gross some of the language and the machismo and the just sort of over the top uh chauvinism is it it is it and and not just it's not just that aspect it's like it's an overall yeah this is okay like you said using that word more than a couple times but it's okay in the context of what it is because this is just where you are in time and space but it in that sense it hasn't aged super well well, it, and that's the thing. I mean, it, things do change, and and 
movies are the you know moments in time captured like you said like that you know it wasn't totally what new york was there wasn't these weird gangs like that there were gangs um the city was running down it was broke at, at in the 70s you, i mean if you look at old even documentary films or even just anything shot in new york in the 70s you can see it was a city that was in decay everyone's thought of new york was a crime-ridden scary place to be that was the Definitely. attitude of the time right the, the 60s and the <laughs> 70s um you look at it now and it's a totally different city now i mean it's alive it's not you know it's not falling apart um the way you know it's depicted in the film i so, blame ikea by the way <laughs> you blame ikea <laughs> ikea oh, damn swedish they did it <laughs> once you put your floofen hopping up you'll, you'll have another good part of the city and the flurgan and your room will make it brighter and a much better place to be there's a the when you go from neighborhood to neighborhood in New York, the, everything in this way the Warriors gets it right because mm-hmm. neighborhood to neighborhood in New York has it. Everything has a different flavor, if you will. Right. The, the people who live in in Brooklyn, you cannot just lump them into oh these are the people that live in Brooklyn. No, you have to have the Park Slopes people. You have to have there's the, there's all these different cutoffs depending upon where you are in the city or where you are in each individual borough, which gives you an identity. So yeah. so as the city reinvented itself, it sort of uh, created brand new opportunities for new gangs, if you will, to, uh, to kind of congeal together. But now it's all based on a, that kind of premise of sort of, you know, upper echelon urbanization instead of city decay. So where you mm-hmm. used to have, you know, you were identified by the worst part of the city, now you're identified by the best part of the city. <laughs> but yeah, and so like I said, the um, the, the film is like a, a basically a, a snapshot in time. Uh, you can see the kind of uh, the attitudes and so it's sort of a weird reflection. It's what they were trying to sell the audience at the time. So the audience at that time had less problems with some of the language and some of the I mean a, okay like, let's 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 put it right on the table Ajax as a character um, he gets the most dialogue of all of them except for the main character he is probably I guess he was supposed to be seen sort of like a just a bad boy tough guy he comes across as a total ass uh, he gets like the scene of his capture is probably the scene that really just made me revile the character the most is he decides to stop in the middle of their flight to hit on a girl who's at the park who just said hi to them and they all walk by um but it's not just a hit on her because she sort of responds back at first with he's talking to her and then he decides to get really aggressive and rapey and and cringeworthy in the dialogue she's even saying oh no no okay i want to go along with you just you know not like this you don't have to be so rough oh i've got to be rough and it's like what the hell now, luckily, it turns out she was a cop. She handcuffs him to the thing. He gets his, his comeuppance. But I'm looking at it going, the filmmakers are trying to still make you empathize with his plight. Oh, no, he's being captured by the horrible police. And look, they brutalized him. It's like, that dude just about tried to rape a girl on the bench for no reason. Uh, he's trying to escape. And the first thing in his thought, in his head is, Oh, there's a pretty girl. I'm. I gotta go rape her. Sorry, guys. You go on ahead. I'll well, here, catch up. Here, I have that 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 scene. Here we go. Uh, this oh, is not did? a clip. Okay. I'm gonna play it though. All right. 
Hey. I guess you don't know the park ain't safe after dark. We ain't got time for this right now. We've got to get to Union Square. You go ahead if you want. I'm gonna get a little exercise. You never were very smart. I'll tell you something, Warlord. I'm smart enough. And it's there for free. You two coming? Come on, man. Yeah, there's plenty of women back home. Maybe all of you just go and bag it. <laughs> there it is. You feeling all right, lady? You need a little help or something, lady? Why don't you sit down? Keep me company. Whatever you say, lady. Oh, look at those muscles. I bet the chicks like all those muscles. <laughs> you want to show me how you play with the chicks? Yeah. I'll show you how I play. Hey! It's so rough. Come on. Look at it on. Oh, you don't get it. I like it rough. Your nights in the park are over for a while, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. You know what? Hearing it, here's the thing. Hearing this thing reminds me of one big thing about this movie. You watch it, and it's got an interesting look and everything to it, but the second characters open their mouths and start talking, it is the worst dialogue ever. Like, there's not a single person who sounds like a real human being. It's stilted. It, it is so stilted. <clears throat> and, like, just that scene alone, I mean, all the horrible stuff that's going on, but just everything is just like I'm going to say a sentence now I'm going to say a sentence here's a sentence back at you oh yeah here's my sentence walk away it's like oh okay just shut up and fight don't don't talk well it, it's it's almost as if they saved every ounce of choreography for the quasi fight scenes and didn't have enough to recognize that timing and dialogue is a thing it yeah. matters but I, and delivery the... is important. I mean, what you know, when you hear it, when you see it without, no, the other way, when you hear it without seeing it, it, it brings to my, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many times I just cringed. It, it, <laughs> it, it's so much worse than actually seeing it because at least when you see it, there is sort of something fluid happening you. on screen. <laughs> yeah, there's, something, there's, there's a shiny ball to keep you away from the di how bad the dialogue Ooh. is. Wow. Yeah, it it like this, this film would is not be a good audiobook, just so everybody <laughs> knows. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what point does the page turn in that scene, by the way? <laughs> turn the page. Well, you know, one scene that we haven't really talked about and I, I do have the clip for it is the uh is the great uh Cyrus uh speech that's a very Oh iconic. yes, at the opening of the film itself. Uh, actually just just before you play that the whole opening of the movie really works well. 
I mean, it's goofy as all get out, but I think, but it's it's the hook into the film. And I'm not talking about the animated stuff they've added for the later the the feature, but the actual, you know, watching all the gangs heading into you know to this meeting that they're having, and you get to see all the different gangs, and it's got a great feel to it. You you sort of you're getting a hint that okay, this isn't hyper realistic. This is a sort of a fantasy world when you're seeing guys in mime outfits and everything. Um, so you're gonna have that kind of weird kind of look to the you know the, the film and you get the feel for it but it gets the energy going and they intercut it with these guys giving you the lowdown of what's happening in the film oh we're going to go do this okay the gangs are not allowed to have this okay this is going to happen and once again still to dialogue but with the music and the visuals going on you know okay here's my exposition telling you everything you need to know before this meeting and then when the meeting happens you've got the charisma and you could say I would follow this guy because I can dig it. Um, you say you got a clip of, of the whole Cyrus speech? Yes, I do. Well, then, um, why don't you roll that, because I love that speech. All right, here we go. Now look what we have here before us. We've got the Saracens sitting next to the Jones Street boys. We've got the Moonrunners right by the Van Cortland Rangers. Nobody is wasting nobody. That is a miracle. And miracles is the way things ought to be. You're standing right now with nine delegates from a hundred gangs. And there's over a hundred more. That's 20,000 hardcore members, 40,000 counting affiliates, and 20,000 more not organized, but ready to fight. 60,000 soldiers. Now there ain't but 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Now here's the sum total. One gang could run this city. One gang. Nothing would move without us allowing it to happen. You can tax the crime syndicates, the police, because we got the streets, suckers! Can you dig it? against one another. We have been unable to see the truth because we have been fighting for 10 square feet of ground. Our turf. Our little piece of turf. That's crap, brothers. 
The turf is ours by right, because it's our turn. All we have to do is keep up the general truce. We take over one borough at a time. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. All right. It is all our turf. turf. I can dig it. I can dig it. I, I absolutely love the coded language in here. Coded so far back that I don't know if most people would recognize it today, but you know, when you say the man, when you say the some of the stuff that is just so specifically seventies, mm. it 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 reminds me of of sort of uh, I don't want to say a simpler time, but it reminds me of a time when things were so incredibly biased that in movies especially movies that represent bias um, that that all you have to do is throw in a couple of lines and everybody gets it right away it, <laughs> it it's actually fascinating I, for that alone the warriors deserves a little special credit not because it started out that way but because it's aged that way mm-hmm. yeah a lot of films from the 70s do not age well and a lot do and um in some cases, the ones that really embrace their 70-ish, 70s-ishness, if that's a word, it's not, but I'm going to say it is, um, either really fail badly because it's just, you know, if it's like, uh, I'm looking at you, Saturday Night Fever. You're, uh, I hate that film, but it's, it's it very much embraces its 70s stuff. And I think it fails because it does that. But then you have films like this, you have a few others where it's like, you look at it um, and you just go, okay, that really worked, and it, it makes no apologies for the time that it was in, and it, it gives you that vision of that time in a, in a specific way. Like, The Warriors is definitely not, that's not what New York was. However, it sort of gives you hints here and there by just what's going on in the background. So you have all this stuff playing out, but when you're looking at when you're, the, the city backdrop, you know, New York at night, and this, the, you know, the, the graffiti everywhere and the rundownness, that works. But uh, I don't know what idea what I was just talking about. So ignore me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it just went into a, I went into a tirade and I forgot what I was talking about. So ignore well, me. It, well, the, you know the the other thing about the movie aging uh, because I mean in some ways the the ideas haven't aged well. No. But the movie itself has actually retained a sense of um, the dark underbelly, the things that we would fear even if we. No, not even if we, because we don't see them. So where, you know, these gangs, it's not like in New York City, there were just, you know, gangs running around in broad daylight the way that this is happening. But but the underpining, if you will, of sort of how people were feeling was there's too much violence. It's got to be generated from somewhere, almost as if it was the reverse of sort of what we consider to be the deep state. It was like the deep state of criminal activity, um, you know, there's got to be some kind of criminal underbelly going on, and they've got to be organized because. And this movie puts that into very generous kind of uh, optics. So in that way, it does work. Yeah, but the the irony is, of course, that after he does this big speech, he gets shot 
everyone goes to panic. The police in their invisible, quiet cars show up in droves and <laughs> yeah. basically beat the living tar out of every gang in there and arrest and drive them off. So I don't know if their plan would have worked. <laughs> but <laughs> that's just the, that was the big irony of the whole thing. I'm watching it. It's like, okay, he's he's got them all set up. They're going to fight the police because they outnumber them. They're going to be more powerful. And then the police show up and bust them up <laughs> right there and then. Now, it didn't help that he got himself shot by, uh, for those who haven't seen the film, sorry, spoilers, but uh, for this show, uh, anything, you know, prior to 1990 is is going to be spoiled. I'm sorry. <laughs> can't talk about these films without doing it. And if you haven't seen it in, you know, the 30-odd years that it's been around, why are you listening? Go watch it, and then come back. Wait, wait, can I spoil something real quick after 1990? Uh, Hannibal Lecter escapes in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, I don't need to see that film. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I might spoil one movie during the 90s uh, each episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's your, your, she, she makes a food. You spoil a movie from the 90s. Okay. Oh, I, should, uh, and oh, I, just I might do around. Usual Suspects next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so you've got till next week to watch Usual Suspects, anyone listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I? I, I, find, I find the very first, so the very first running scene in The Warriors is sort of my most favorite, because basically after they all, there's all of this crazy chaos in, uh, in Central Park, they actually run through a graveyard, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, it's, it's my most favorite uh, symbolism because clearly they're, you know, okay, well, we're running toward death or we're running through death. But what they, somehow, what I feel like the filmmakers forgot is that while it's, it's easy enough to throw some symbolism in there, which they are really adept at throughout the, the entire film, it's almost as if they didn't stop to think that the symbolism that they were putting in maybe isn't the message that they actually wanted. Like... Um, like, okay, if they're running through the graveyard, the, to me, that would have actually uh, been a, a, a scene better served later. To have it happen in the very beginning, although I see why they did, to have it happen in the very beginning sort of sets the, the stage of uh, maybe a little too much at the very beginning. A li- it gets a little too serious from the very get-go. There is, there's no build-up. And and again, it's funny because it, it, I feel like they have they did an overall good job of adding in good symbols, good uh, transitional ideas, and things like that. Their locations were awesome, and they did some really neat things. It's just that everything feels a tiny step behind what it should really be. So the whole movie has this sort of off timing off step timing it's no not it, it's not that it's less enjoyable it's just you can feel that it just doesn't quite meet the right what you're expecting to happen doesn't seem to happen in the time that we would expect that it should happen did you guys catch that yeah i did and it's I a, agree with you. and it's the second I, straight see. week uh that the the movie that we have it takes place in a, a graveyard <laughs> that's true that's the connection between the two films by the way folks <laughs> we always find a way to connect the last film to this one now if there were zombie cops in the warriors i would have had to have been out of there well the way they were acting in some cases <laughs> 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 
but I was going to say, the graveyard scene, the only thing that undercuts that whole bit, and the one thing that always makes you laugh, so there's a character there called Rembrandt. And I guess he's called Rembrandt because he's the guy that tags for the gang. Yep. And they specifically tell him, make sure they know the warriors were here. And so he takes his spray can, and he goes up to this already graffitied uh, tombstone. And artist that he is makes a big W. <laughs> a very poorly painted W, and then leaves. I'm like, wow, you know... When you're used to seeing, you know, some graffiti that's really amazing looking, and and then you see somebody do that, and they're calling him Rembrandt. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're calling him that out of, you know, just they're mocking him. It's like, go uh, W, okay, very good, Rembrandt, nice. You're our official tagger. <laughs> but he does get to use that spray paint can again later in the film when the punks show up uh, at Union Station, and he spray paints a guy in the face see, and then gets the living tar kicked <laughs> kicked out of him he's the one who gets the most beat up in the film without actually dying and um, I mean he gets slashed by the Lizzie's he gets pounded on by the police at one point and he gets beaten up by the punks how, how is it how is it that he's the that only one that gets at the very beginning how... because when he runs away from the graveyard the way he runs <laughs> yes. it's just hilarious but you know how is it that he gets the only one that gets hurt in the Lizzie scene when he was the only yeah. one that that um, that knew what was going on? Like he was he was the only one that had his head on the swivel. Everybody else was like, you know. No, wait, hold on. You're giving him too much credit because he's got his head on a swivel, realizes something's wrong, and doesn't say anything until <laughs> after the knife is drawn. <laughs> so he could be like, "Hey guys, I think something's going on here. This doesn't seem right." No, he doesn't do it. He's kind of stares around really nervously. The knife gets drawn. He gets slashed. They shoot at them point blank and miss. <laughs> That's the thing. That scene is like, when one guy went down, I thought, oh my god, one of the guys got shot in the back. Okay, no, no, he didn't get shot in the back. They missed him. They uh, missed him. It's like, I get, you know, hey, chicks with guns. They, they can't uh, shoot. Don't worry about it. And why did they announce it? Why did they announce it before they, right, they had them. And yeah, then they're like, why did, they, why did they go through the whole dancing and making out and everything? It's like, once they got them in there, they could have you know, jumped them, stabbed them, shot them there. But no, they they decide, hey, you know what? While they're here, we might as well party with them before we kill them. Oh, that's so awful. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh. <clears throat> and of course, the Lizzies, um, yeah, because we have a dance scene between two women, which back in the 70s, uh, except for in the porn industry, would have been looked upon as very uncomfortable and bad. So Lizzies, very, very thin code name there, I think, for that group. Lizzies. In fact, you had a couple of women there who were a little more... It, in the 70s version of what uh, a lesbian would be like, it's kind of, you know, tough, dyke kind of, you've got a couple of characters like that. Yeah, the, the, it, the trope is really heavy in that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah really and, 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 and like everything in this film, completely unsubtle in any way, shape, or form. Like you said, I think all the, the good things in the, the background stuff, it was accidental. They, they just happened to be shooting in a way that it worked for them, and I don't think they actually planned it to be that way. Yeah, and, and there is such a thing. I mean, I've seen this happen time and time again where, you know, you have people who are actually pretty awesome at what they do, but they're presented uh, a, a production script or something that is less than stellar storytelling, and yeah. they, they're trying their best, but yes. it can never actually match up. So, there, you know, there's a lot of, yet, like you said, there's a whole lot of happy accidents, but it just never quite meets the standard of oh yeah uh, this is great look at look at that 
this is really good. You know what the guy I don't like is the guy, the white guy that's in that scene who looks like he should be somebody from Welcome Back, Cotter or something. The guy with the, the you know, the, he's always, oh my God, I don't even remember what his name is, but he always got Vermin? Some, uh, there's a goofy one. Yeah, that's Vermin. He's he's my favorite. Oh my God, he's, he's annoying. He's, oh yeah, that's why he's my favorite. He's, oh okay, he's just so out of place and so out of touch. He's like, he's basically what all the rest of them are. But he he maybe he realizes he's out of touch and dumb, and just goes with it. Whereas everyone else thinks that you know they're they're badasses and they're dangerous. And don't mess with them. It's like I don't know. I mean. If you came across the warriors on a dark street, would you be scared of them? No. No. I would laugh at them. A, in their a they look like they groom no. themselves way too much. I would laugh at them in their vests. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. There's some gangs there that are just not scary, and the warriors, the big ones, they're not scary. Well, and you know, if every single one of the warriors was like a specific character archetype. Um, if if every one of the warriors kind of like had some you know special sort of social commentary of the day to sort of be their thing, it would make the movie so much better. But the way that they just sort of make it a free for all, yeah. it, it almost adds to the hilarity of well, how I mean, the story is presented. I mean, aside from maybe two or three of the characters, everybody else was interchangeable. Yes. Um, the like. Okay, the character that was killed on the subway station by the cop. Do you remember who he was in that film? What character he was, what he did, and what his name was, or anything like that? I, I don't. Oh, no, he got exactly. thrown in, in front of the train. And so that, has, that scene has no effect. And the reason I found out is that the actor, who's uncredited still, oh, um, Thomas ouch. G. Waits, no, he asked for his credit to be taken off. Um, <gasps> basically, he was at loggerheads with the director for the three weeks that he was doing the shooting and to the point where the director turned to the stunt coordinator and says, find a way to kill off this character. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. So they came up with this throwing him off into the subway thing. And so he wasn't even there for that scene. They got somebody else to do it. He quit. He said, that's it. Don't put my name on this. And he's uncredited to this day on that film. And that's Thomas G. Waits is the name of the actor. Wow. Oh, that's you. So imagine you come in for the shoot and says, "Yeah, guess what? Um, yeah, you're you're dead. Bye, go home." So that is yeah. huge. Yeah. Now this guy was being on NYPD Blue. He's been on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Mike Hammer. This is TV stuff. He did a lot of stuff like that. Um, I wonder what movies he was in. Uh, actually, oh yes, he, after this, he auditioned with uh, Al Pacino. And was in Justice for All, which was shot that that year. Oh, see. so three weeks after being fired, yeah, from the Warriors, he auditioned with Al Pacino, and got cast in Justice for All, and Justice for All. So he didn't go far. He actually he took a step up, I think, because I, I do love that film. See, and you know the the premise of the Warriors definitely works. I mean, it works. It's a it's it's a 1970s sort of backwards inverse version of 300, but I mean the the idea works. The 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 this whole sort of feeling of having to tra 
not just go through the entire city, but go through pockets of the of an of of a world of any setting where there are so many different dynamics and the people um, end up, you know, creating different obstacles and it, that that stuff really does work. It's an awesome idea for storytelling. <laughs> what didn't work, almost to a fault, is the way that they set up the characters or didn't set up the characters. There. <laughs> I think if I could, if I could, sort of put into one sentence, the warrior fault. It's missed opportunities. Oh yeah. Because there were so many opportunities to make this such a better movie than it is. Well, you th you think about it. Okay, the whole story with the rogues, supposedly, you know, the ones who actually shot Cyrus for, for no reason, um, and the what could have been in that film you know you could have had more build-up between these two characters but they, there's nothing there's a couple of scenes where you see the rogues and then there's this confrontation at the end or non-confrontation confrontation and it's like okay wait a minute could they have not done more with this you know th this kind of rivalry adding on to that you know sort of the tension of them you know kind of bumping into while the other gangs are still trying to hunt them down and that could yeah. have, you know, built up things a lot better. But just none of this. It is a lot of wasted opportunity to just keep things rolling and going. I mean, it's a low budget film. I mean, four to seven million, I think, was the the total uh, spent on that. But film. there's so there's so much unnecessary dialogue that they totally could have just <laughs> yeah, sort all of, of it. like reappropriated. This would have made a great a silent film. <laughs> <laughs> I would, like. There's no line of dialogue in like. Okay, here's an example of. of where there's no dialogue and it actually works in the film and there's no music either it's the, the final subway ride into Coney Island where they're on the train it's after the entire night's been through they're all beat up, they're bruised they're in bad shape and this two couples who came from a prom wearing the highest in the 70s you know, prom fashion sit down across them and you can sort of see this whole thing where they, they look at each other and she goes to fix her hair and he won't let her do that and she she looks a mess and they're kind of looking at her and you go okay here's the two sides of the city kind of thing where you've got these kids who are obviously you know well to do enough that they can you know afford to go out in the prom then you have the, these gang bangers who are you know messed up and look like they have no future and then you know she closes her eyes they get off the subway she opens it up and she's looking at the seat where they were and they're all gone so almost like a it's almost poetic and it's all and it really works in this film it there's no dialogue except aside from the you know the chatter that the guys are having with each other before when they first come out of the train and even then you, it's you know it's not dialogue it's just a yakking away kind of thing and uh, that scene worked and i'm like oh look it did no dialogue that's why it worked because there's no and dialogue they let the actors the, act. The uh, the the warriors when the warriors leave the train, that you know the, the 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 subtle implication that they're on the wrong side of the tracks is like that. They're, they're, again, see happy accidents. There are things that definitely work, but you're <laughs> right. The the without sort of some of the stilted and truly ridiculously timed dialogue, the the movie it 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 loses its ability to identify itself. So every time these guys say something that seems ridiculous, it, it in some ways it actually adds to the the actual narrative, um, the, not the, because it's not like the movie is, I, I, I feel sort of like I'm coming down too hard and I don't mean to, yeah. 
because because the movie is actually a fun movie, right? This it is. is actually a good. I was movie. gonna say we should probably t- talk up this film too because it's not it's not a terrible film. It's not. It's not. It's just there. It, I think the reason that it's so disappointing is because it feels like it could have been so epic, and it fell so flat. It, that, which is not to say that there aren't awesome pieces that are inside of it. It's just wow, the expectation feels like maybe it should be way, way, way up here, and it's actually way, way, way down here. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It is an entertaining film, uh, and it, it moves. It, it, it's got a constant pace. There's no dead areas in it. Even, you know, the, the brief interlude with the two of them in the subway tunnel is not that bad because the characters are kind of interesting at that point, and they're saying very bizarre stuff, so you're kind of trying to keep up with it where he's basically calling her uh you know says she sleeps with everything and then she comes back at him and says well i've seen what five years from now looks like and i want to live here and now kind of thing which is a probably the only good dialogue in the film um but the film moves and it's fun it's it's stupidly fun it is and that's what had it been the movie that we're talking about that it should have been i i don't know if we'd even be talking about it today because I think the reason that this works is because it is sort of sur- surrealistic. It's not. It's not overly serious. It's goofy at times, and uh, it's a little over the top. And you've got these, and like they talked about doing a remake of it, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna take out the baseball furies and the high hats, and we're gonna make sure we're gonna make it." You know, it's like I don't think I want to watch that Warriors film. I kind of like the idea of these goofy gangs walking around all wearing the same outfits. Like, there's a bunch of guys dressed as Attila the Hun. Yeah. That, that, that you see in the beginning of the film all using their tokens to get out of, onto the subway. So at least, you know, the gangs are trying to keep the infrastructure going in New York at that time. <laughs> so that that's a good thing. So, you know, I said there was nothing redeeming about these people. Uh, the Huns, whoever they are, they're probably the Attila gang or whatever, uh, East Side Attilas or whatever. They paid for their subway ride so good on them they didn't last long but good on them anyway <laughs> but yeah and so this movie is it's you know for all of the, the the bad dialogue the stilted delivery and everything it's a fun film i still i you know i still quote stuff from it uh, you know can you dig it i love that you know uh, i love the uh the warriors come out and play thing which is it's such a bizarre, weird thing, but I mean, it, it just works. It's just a, I mean, you look at it and you go, this is kind of really weird and dumb, and but it fits. Um, the fact that a guy brings a knife to a gunfight in the end of the movie and wins and dodges a bullet at the same time as throwing a knife, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, okay, but there's guys behind him, so even if he missed, didn't he? No, I guess not. Okay, whatever. But you know, it's like okay, I, I, it's goofy, but it's fun. I mean, the guy's sitting there with the, you know, the switchblade in his arm, whining away until he gets, you know, sorry, spoilers. Uh, it's you know, the, it, it's the kind of thing that works. Like <clears throat> this, I've always thought this. Well, it, I've always thought this after I understood sort of where this uh, genre kind of was. It it reminds me of a really good graphic novel, right? Doesn't take itself too seriously. But it moves along really well. It's got nice little, you know, transitions. And because it doesn't take itself so seriously, even though it tries to present itself as serious, that's what gives it that, uh, not charm, but it gives it some kind of just 
yeah, this is fun. There's something, yeah. it, it's it's not, you know, super, lots of special effects and sort of, uh, you know, the action hero kind of thing. The the fight scenes are so well choreographed. And like I said, the transitions are actually really good. I yeah. love the I love the bat to the uh, police officer's knees. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's so great. But everyone was really into the you know karate chops and everything, and then the slow motion hits. Like when guys are falling through things, they do the slow motion things. Like okay, that's very much of its time. But it was like sort of a, that was almost like their version of a kung fu movie. If they could do one on the very cheap. So you when you have those fight scenes where the, they're throwing people through doors and everything, it suddenly goes into slow motion and everything. It's like okay, and I think even the director said he wanted to go for a comic book feel and i think that's why he has these weird things happening in it and that, that explains and it, it and it does it really puts it into where, why it is, it's a fun movie to watch mm. like it's it's dumb it is not a smart movie there are moments in there you go i wouldn't do that like these guys are chasing them on a bus these guys are in a school bus this gang the ac turnbulls and the warriors are trying to run to the stairs to get onto the subway and these guys are chasing him with a bus, and they can never catch him. And all the guys on the bus are like banging him. And it's like, jump off, guys! If you could, if these guys could outrun the bus, you could probably catch them if you jump off that bus and run after them. <laughs> nope, they're all just sitting there whooping it up and ooh, banging on the bus and everything. It's like, oh, that's a shitty bus, man. How are we doing also, five miles? Also, the idea that the warriors had to run out in front of the bus was yes. a little <laughs> bit ridiculous. But like, still, if they waited for the next train. You know? <laughs> they wait until the next train. I'm sure these guys would have gone on their way. Oh, we must have missed them. Oh well. <laughs> All right, so uh, let, let's talk about the the the, um, the resolution to it. Uh, I have a clip for that, and then we'll we'll talk okay. to the. All right, here we go. When we see the ocean, we figure we're home. We're safe. This time you got it wrong. Why'd you do it? Why'd you waste Cyrus? No reason. I just like doing things like that. <laughs> you still looking for us? We found what we're looking for. No. No. It wasn't us. It was them. The warriors. You warriors are good. Real good. The best. The rest is ours. You you clip that together because you missed the whole gunfight where you get stabbed and he's like, but it's like, oh no, no, it wasn't us, it was them. It's like, dude, you did that lie in the beginning, it ain't gonna work now. <laughs> I love his but, voice. His voice is priceless. Oh, yeah. No reason. <laughs> it's like, wait, all of this happened for no reason. You just brought a gun there to shoot the guy in case he didn't like what he had to say. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this film. It's like. They decide to wrap it up and say, okay, uh, why did this all happen? No reason. This is what I do. It's like, why? why? <laughs> These guys follow you? Why? I mean, the only thing they ever did was they stole candy That's the, and shot Cyrus. That's about the badass things they did in this movie. 
she's like, yeah, she's like, are you guys gonna pay? What did he say? What was that line he said? Oh, what is that line? Is oh, that... let me find it. Oh man, that was funny. <laughs> well, he's like a jerk for no reason. For oh, no yeah. reason, right? For no reason. That's what he does. <laughs> I was like, let me find that. Uh, they try. They try so hard to make him an agent of chaos, and he really comes across just like, you know, your whiny five-year-old nephew. <laughs> All right, here it is. Uh, Wait, this is it right here. We don't. Soon as someone grabs them, the better. Samantha, you afraid the warriors gonna shoot their mouths off before they get racked? Yeah, right. I'm worried. I just don't want the rips down on no my sweat. head. What? They're looking for the warriors. Remember? We can do some looking too. Ought to make you feel better. Hey, what about the money you owe? For what? <laughs> For what? That's his whole attitude. For what? Uh, I just went up to the Warriors wiki just for the fun of it because I was trying to look at. I saw the sixes. Where are the baseball furies from? Gang. This gang is from Buffalo. Oh, wow. They came all the way down. So, you know what? They came all the way down from Buffalo to the meeting. They came all the way down from Buffalo. That's what they're saying on this thing. I don't believe it because it makes no sense. Well, the, how did they? Well, yeah. So there's some things there that don't make. How they? What were they storing all their bats in that one hallway? That yeah, I guess so. We can't bring the weapons, but. The no. just in case armory? <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Well, actually, they really don't have to go to armory. They just have to break into a baseball field. <laughs> but they made such a big deal of showing them come up. This is before they even... This, yeah. this is at the very beginning. They made such a big deal of showing them all come up, grabbing their baseball bats. And they were all lined up so beautifully oh, yeah. along yeah, that so hallway, right? I, I think this is wrong. I think somebody just put that in there because they wanted to... They said, oh, that, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. So I'm going to say that this wiki is wrong. And... Uh, we don't know where they're from. As I'm assuming every turf they went to when they met somebody, that was the turf of the gangs that they fought. So if anyone knows where they were when they fought the Baseball Furies, what park that was, I don't know. They didn't double back to Central Park, did they? Maybe, maybe. See, maybe the thing is, maybe the Baseball Furies were actually from Staten Island and nobody wanted to claim ownership. So instead, <laughs> they sent them up to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, we'll take Buffalo. Really? <laughs> Buffalo or Staten Island? Really? Hilarious. All right, so um, I think this is a good part to uh, for you to do your Movies That Make a Meal segment. Uh, okay. Yes. <clears throat> movies That Make the Meal today. Uh, I have... Um, we made this the other night, by the way. <clears throat> it's uh, I, I don't know if any uh, if any of you guys have ever actually been to Coney Island, but mm -hmm. there's something kind of famous about Coney Island, uh, and usually it's on hot dogs, but they make this stuff called Coney sauce, and it, it's kind of like a meat sauce um, with a bit more uh, with with a bit with sort of uh, local flair because a lot of places have their version of Coney sauce. Um, on Coney Island, the one that I am the most partial to has a, a little bit of mustard in it. Um, it's got, uh, we actually put Worcestershire in it just to give it a little kick for the meat. Um, but it, it's kind of like, uh, like, it, it's like if you had a chili dog without sort of the, the, the big chili piece in it. It's just the chili sauce itself. So what we did was we made um, fight night fries with Coney sauce. And that's our warrior's presentation. 
and it turned out really good. It's very easy to make and super, super filling. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. And you can get the links on our page on uh, Indie Radio. You can go straight to there as well as going straight to uh, Movies That Make the Meal. Yep. So pretty awesome. Now, I think this is a good part for us to uh, give our scores. So uh, just to let people know, uh, normally we have four four uh, scores. Uh, Brooklyn, will be, <laughs> Brooklyn will be uh, giving his score. So uh, we'll get the full tally. We'll announce it on the website and, and we'll reiterate what the, the final score is on the next episode. So we're going to start off with, uh, with you, Jenna. What, what do you give? You know, remind, remind um, just so that I know, because I have my scores written down, but remind me what the actual entry names are so that I can say them as I say my numbers. Sure. Production, quality, story, acting, and overall entertainment value. So production, okay, so. production value, then acting, and entertainment. Was that three categories? I thought we had four. Am I missing story. one? And overall story. entertainment. Story. Yeah. My mistake. Story and then overall. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> for production value, I have the Warriors at a seven. It's not bad. It's not great. But it's, it, but it's a step above. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. I think for its time, it's actually done pretty well. The one thing that I loved about the production value in The Warriors, before I forget, is the editing is just so spot on. That whoever edited this movie must have had a awesome time. It really shows. Um, okay, uh, for overall story, I gave this uh, a seven two. I, I do like it. Lots of missed opportunities, but I really did like it. Um, the acting, <laughs> I gave a five. Sorry, guys, love you, but it was pretty bad. Overall entertainment, I gave uh, an eight. It is definitely watchable. It's a fun Friday night movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, I definitely suggest that you just give it a watch. Can you do, uh, say your scores one more time? I'm sorry. <clears throat> so production value, seven. Story, seven. Acting, five. And overall entertainment, eight. All right. Hey. And who's next? Yourself. Uh, I can go next. Yeah, go ahead. Change it up each week. All right. So uh, I gave, I gave um, uh, production quality nine, story I gave a nine, acting I gave a seven. Uh, the acting was, you know, I mean, it was okay for its time, and uh, I gave overall entertainment value. I gave it a ten. I love this movie tremendously. It's a, a tr great movie, and uh, I love uh, every time I watch it. I enjoy it. So that's my score. All right, my production value is a little lower than your guys because I know for a fact that a lot of the costumes they threw together were like costume store things that they got to the last minute and everything. Um, it, it's 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 shot well. Um, the editing is definitely good. It's got a good pace to it and everything. But the overall production value, I would give probably a six to. I, it, it, it looks like a cheap film in some ways. It could have been better uh, in many. The, uh, 
sorry, the storyline, um, yeah, you take a classic story and you do a little twist on it, you can't go wrong. I give that a, a seven as well. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of them having to get across uh, the entire city in one night with everyone chasing them, that's a, it's a great story idea. It, it, it keeps everything moving. So there's no there's no wasted time on this film, which I like. Um, the acting, oh, that's a solid five, maybe a four. Everybody is stilted. Everybody is... Uh, there's just only with a few small exceptions of some interesting moments. Overall, it's not great. The acting is... Like, I, I know what you're saying, Kent, but you know what? When you're looking at performances at that time by, you know, uh, Pacino before he started screaming at everything and, and De Niro and everything in those times, I, they could have done much better with the acting. Uh, but the overall entertainment value is where it gets bumped up. This is a solid nine. Um, like I said, for all the faults and all the things that I have, I said against it, I I own the damn thing. I watch it every so often because it's an entertaining film. It, it's a fun film to watch. So there are my scores right there. So with that little bit that you have there, where where does that put us before we add the extra scores to change everything? Uh, okay. Uh... I didn't know. Um, <laughs> you didn't do the math, did you? Because <laughs> I, I stretched things out so you could do it. <laughs> oh boy, I should have done that. Because uh, well, since we weren't going to have the final score, I didn't do the math. I know, I know. So, I'm hold just on a second. Get sort of a general idea. It's always a good idea to just uh, have some fun with the numbers. I just want to see where it ranks so far compared to the last three or two films. Okay, so you gave it a twenty-seven. Okay. All right, um, and then uh, let's see what Jen, all Jen scores were. Uh, Live radio, you can't beat it. Yes, and then Jen hey. gave it a twenty-seven as well. And, oh my God, great minds think alike. And then Kente gave it a 30 oh no Damn, probably, probably higher I think he bumped it up with his 10 there 35 yeah uh, look Ooh. at that eh? so, yeah. somebody really likes this movie I, I freaking <laughs> love it so so far he, he want, you want it there at the end don't you uh, <laughs> I don't know there's some good movies though uh, so it's at 89 so far so uh, it's okay. two it's, without a, a fourth person it's two away from um from uh uh what's the first one we did uh the omega man so <laughs> well, that's it yeah so return of the living dead is beating this one so far yeah so far i'm surprised i am yeah. i thought these scores were a bit better shows what i knows well we're you know that's one down though but that's that's it that's the thing we've got one more person to vote and who knows we wait in anticipation for the change which we'll announce next week um, and what is next week's movie, by the way, Kente? The next next week's movie is uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. It yes. Is, it is uh, the one with Ricardo Montalban. Yes. That's probably one of the reasons I chose it, because it's got more Montalban than the previous film and all the other films combined. So <laughs> you, you got to have more Montalban. Uh, so, yeah, so that'll be next week's um any, oh, we forgot to do one last thing. Uh, one sentence to describe the film to somebody. We'll start with you, Kente. The Warriors is. It is so gangster. 
<laughs> Before Gangsta Wolf Gangsta. That's right. <laughs> Jen, The Warriors is entertaining. There you go. And I will end with The Warriors is a fun ride with a bunch of dummies. No. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, there's not one smart character in this film. So if you're looking for intelligence, don't come looking here. But it is damn entertaining. So, yeah, anyone who hasn't seen it, go see it. And why'd you listen to this whole thing? Now everything's been spoiled for you. Shame <laughs> on you. All right. Uh, any last business before we wrap it all up? No. Uh, uh, um, it was fun doing this, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. So uh, we'll go to you, Jen. How can people get you in social media and all that stuff? Uh, social media on Twitter. I'm following Bliss One. Uh, you can grab my or catch my website where I do reviews at Critical Laughs with Two L's dot com. And of course, I also am still working on Movies Make the Meal. So check that out too. Awesome. And yourself, Kente? All right. uh, You can get me at KenteF on Twitter, and you can go to our website, Indie Showcase. I'm sorry, IndieRadio.org. IndieRadio.org. Okay. And uh, myself, if you want any suggestions for the show, uh, I think you'd like us to talk about or view in later episodes. I mean, we've sort of penned down our, our 10, but who knows? Something may come up that may change some of the later films. Don't know. But if you've got something you'd like us to talk about or just something you want to bring in, uh, you can contact me at kingpenguin at gmail.com. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like getting a service dog for a child in need and buying science materials for a third grade class. And we can help you too with a great deal on an award-winning Honda, like the reliable and completely redesigned Accord, the 2018 North American Car of the Year. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know.